Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I dare you to move. So really, it's uh, responding to the Spirit. But as we talked this morning about us finishing up the end of the year and moving, as the Holy Spirit said, with an increased pace of acceleration, an increased thrust into 2020 and 2021, and even into the miraculous, um, if something's moving and it's moving quickly, do you think you need to understand how to move with it? So if, um, if the train has stopped and I have a ticket, and I can just nicely carry my little luggage and step up on the train. But if the train has begun to move, and I did not get on the train, do I need to know how to move with it? Have you ever seen anybody run after a train at full speed and reach out and grab it when they're behind? Yeah. And so if things are picking up the pace, there is a way to move, and it's not dwaddling when the train has left, and it's now 30 miles an hour. You better run full throttle, or you're going to get left behind might want to throw your suitcase on and hope it gets in the doorway. Uh, but again, if you didn't get to bring your bags, it, it'd be better that you were on the train. And they'll pick your bag up, maybe read the tag and ship it, who knows, or <laughs> somewhere in Africa. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to n- not only know how to move with the Spirit, we need to become more skillful. So even though we're talking about moving with the Spirit, I'm going to combine that with skill. Because if we just talk about moving, we're already behind the eight ball. So we need to move with skill because there's a way to move and then there's a skillful way. There's people that run uh, in high school and then there's people that run the 400 in the Olympics. A little bit different. Running is great, but then there's running at different levels of skill. So you can be, they may not be necessarily a whole lot faster, but maybe they run with more skill. Yeah. Have you ever seen the, the relay where they have to hand off? There's kind of a right way. There's a awkward way and then there's a really skillful way to do that. So we want to be aware of moving with the Spirit in this final era, this final hour of time. Uh, We're not born again knowing how to respond to the Holy Ghost. Were you born again knowing how to properly respond to your parents? No. When, When your mom and dad had to teach you how to respond properly to them, how to respond properly to people. So when your mom called you from the next room, you know, hey, and you said, what? How many of you figured out that that was an improper response? And, and you found out that yes, ma'am, was the proper response. So in life, in every situation, there is a right response and a wrong response. So when it comes to the word, there's a correct response and an incorrect response. When it comes to the Holy Ghost and moving with that, there is a right response and there is a wrong response. But in addition to the right response, can we become more and more skillful in the right response? One of the ways we can begin skillful is just faster. Just learning to not have those negotiations that we try to say are prayer, and it's really called processing, which is a synonym for rebellion. Yeah. And, and that's slow. Is, is slow obedience disobedience? Yeah. Is partial obedience still disobedience? Yeah, so those, that is unskillful responding to the word and the spirit. The reason that we struggle with skill is because we are more impressed with our opinion than the truth about it. So we want to process it. That means we're intellectualizing and thinking what we think and feel when God is eight trillion times smarter than you. And you're going to think about what you think and feel about what he said. 
yeah, <laughs> proof that God is eight trillion times smarter than you, <laughs> that you would even, that we would even think that, right? All of us. So uh, to learn how these skills, you need uh, to pay attention to someone who has the skill. How many of you uh, didn't know how to ride a bike and someone had to teach you? Yeah, maybe they put training wheels on. Maybe they showed you how. Um, maybe you didn't know how to change the oil in your car. Maybe you didn't know how to make a cake. So someone was teaching you, obviously, that had a level of skill and accomplishment Then you didn't. Maybe now you watch a YouTube video. I don't know. Betty Crocker could be on Google. And you just watch them. But still, somebody with a greater level of skill than you had has had to teach you everything in life. Even if it was written instructions you followed, obviously they had a greater level of skill and and knowledge and you had to follow that. So you're not born again understanding the proper way to respond to the word and spirit. You're going to be taught by somebody like our pastor. So not only does he teach us how, he actually demonstrates. He's somebody that's ahead of all of us in skill. And so he's showing us how to move by the spirit. But if we treat that demonstration as if it's a show, a dancing bear, what is he going to do today? Then we've missed the whole boat because he was demonstrating to go, watch me, watch me, nay, nay. No, watch and do it like because you're, you're up next. But if there's this gap, if we're all just sitting there going, wow, that was really funny or that was really cool, then we've done the opposite of what Jesus said. The kingdom of God comes with participation, not observation. And so a lot of times we think we're responding to the spirit, but we're just standing there blinking like a bullfrog on a lily pad. Wow, I thought I'd tell a putty tat. Yeah, but you didn't get in. You didn't move. You didn't respond to that because you were too busy watching someone else's response or maybe just watching pastor and just, oh, wow. Yeah. So we want to be participatory. We don't want to be just observing alone. So we have to be taught. But you know what? You have to show up for class. So if you show up for class and you didn't bring a pen and paper, were were you expecting anything? No, I just thought I'd check it out or listen. Well, you didn't bring a writing implement. You didn't bring anything to write it down. Um, how about if you came in with no faith? Oh, I just think I'll check this out and see what maybe they have to say. Let's see if it's any good or not. I don't know if I'll be back next week, but I'm just here check, checking it out. Yeah. And so you didn't bring anything to the table. You didn't come in there going, I'm, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to receive. So you brought no faith to it. Are you going to receive anything? No. And then people walk away going, well, that wasn't very good. Yes, you weren't very good at your response. So an improper response means you received nothing from it. Like when your, your mother, you got up from the table and you left your dish, she'd be like, uh, where are you going? Yeah, oh, I'm going to my room. I'm sorry, what is that at your place? <laughs> yeah, and so your, your parents or your teachers instructed you on responses and everything that you would participate and receive proportionate to your response. Or there would be, for an improper response, would there be a consequence? And generally, a consequence would cause you some sort of lack, even if you, had, you lacked in the ability when you sat down to enjoy that seat <laughs> for at least a good hour. So. Uh, so we have to show up. So why do we need to learn to respond to the Spirit? Let's go to Romans 8, 4. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a cloud. He's not a dove. He's not a fog, a mist. Um, He is likened unto those things, but that doesn't mean he looks like any of those things. He is a person. The Bible says he can be grieved. He can be quenched. He has a personality because we can reject him. He's not going, he's a perfect gentleman. 
He's going to initiate and wait for you to respond. Romans 8, 4, the King James says that the righteous of, righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So one of the ways that you're going to respond to the word in the spirit is you can't walk after the flesh, which means make decisions that gratify your fleshly nature and the natural, your mind, the way your mind thinks, you're petting your emotions, or uh, maybe consoling your physical body with something. You're going to have to walk in the, in the things of the spirit, which means at times you're going to have to do a smackdown on your body and your mind because the Bible says that your spirit man, the real you, is uh, going to be an enemy or an enmity against the things of God. Anybody's body ever really wanted to get up out of bed and go to church on Sunday morning? Yeah, I'm still waiting for that warm, fuzzy feeling. And so your body doesn't pretty much want to do anything besides watch movies and eat potato chips all day. So anything good that you're going to get your body to do your mind to cooperate with is going to require a measure of force all the way from level one to level 10 maximum, depending on the activity that uh, is required. So Romans 8, 4, I like it in the Amplified. It says it this way. So that the righteousness and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. This means our lives are governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Being controlled by the spirit is not this... um, what I call hunker down, bunker down, I'll just be controlled here, I won't do anything. Like natural control. Remember, self-control is a fruit of the spirit, not of the soul. So it's going to come from your recreated spirit man. That means your spirit man is going to control the other two areas of you, the body and the soul, who are not supposed to be leading you. But that doesn't mean that you're controlled as in a negative sense in a box. But every time we hear the word control, we think, ooh, that's negative. That means I don't speak, I don't do anything. But to be controlled by the spirit is to move is to be led. It's not, a, it's not a sitting doing nothing. Again, a, something of observation. It requires action participation. So when the Holy Ghost says he wants to lead you, or you would say the Holy Spirit is in control, he's leading, it means he's in front, he's moving, he's going somewhere. He's not sitting on his badunkadunks in the recliner watching the preacher on TV. He's moving all over the face of the earth. Uh, looking for those he can show himself strong on their behalf or who he can move through, like the team going to Burma and all of us who sent them. He's looking for people he can move through, not feel through, not sit down and rest through. So always the Bible is using that word movement. So I dare you to move. Yeah. And at the pace that he sets, um, everybody is going to be on one side of the coin. You're either the tortoise or the hare. And you know who you are, know who you are, know who you're not. Some of you need to speed it up, brothers and sisters, you know, get the lead out, get, get, a, get a new pair of running shoes and, and, and get it in gear. Other people on the other side of the coin uh, are so out there in front of God that God's like, oh, okay, see you on the other side of the world. You know, you took off like a stallion and God's trying to get the reins on you and rein you back. So we want to move with him, not Moving so slow, we're so far behind him that he can't see us, and not moving so fast, we're too far ahead of him in the provision and the things we needed aren't there. So uh, the Holy Ghost has a pace for your race, okay? And, and every one of us, though, we are being asked to pick up the pace in our race. So some people may be in a little faster uh, pace than others, but everybody is being asked to pick up the pace. So no just 
strolling out there. We're just walking, you know. So at this point, are we all running? Yeah, we're all running because we're in the fourth quarter of the race. And even if you're like, oh, Melanie and I went and I did the half marathon, everybody starts out running and then everybody's walking and then a few people will start running again at the end, you know, because they want to cross the finish line and get a better time. They were just conserving themselves, you know, in the second and third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, uh, either you dropped out or everybody runs across the finish line, even if it's just for fun. So we're in the fourth quarter. We're all running. Amen. And then those of us never stopped running the entire time. So here's a transliteration of that verse. So that the decisions, requirements, and actions of the principles of God's word would be verified, crammed into us for a full supply. God wants you so full that he has to cut off the top of your head, shove more in with the heel of his foot, and put your head back on. Crammed full. So not just, oh, it's full to the top, stuffed, pressed down, shaken together, running over. However, he has to pack that in. Aren't you glad that he's not a bag of Lay's potato chips? 75, it should read 25% crushed chips, 75% air. 100% disappointing. Yeah, you're like crumbs. Yeah, Mm, that was good, yeah, yeah. crammed into us for a full supply so that we can resist the natural appetites of our body and minds and instead follow God's thoughts and his ways by the power of his superhuman life on the inside of us. So lots of times we like to think, well, our body, you know, is doing pretty good. I don't really have any horrible, sinful appetites. Is there one thing that's spiritual that you're actually excited about doing in your body? Y'all, y'all admitted it, that you're never excited on Sunday morning about getting out of your warm bed and out of your PJs. Nope. Won't be 20 years from now. You won't be excited about that. Is your spirit man excited about food? Yeah. Your body's not. We're talking about your body and your mind. Anybody just so excited to take one of those plane rides to the mission field and stand in the shower with water backed up from God knows where to your knees? Still waiting for the warm fuzzies on that one. Yeah. Anybody love standing at the door and greeting everybody when you had a really bad week and you don't even want to talk to anybody, much less look at them, and now you have to go, how you doing? Good. Awesome. No, I don't care how you're doing. Go away. Bye-bye. Hurry up. Yeah. Next. Yeah. It's cold. It's hot. The door keeps opening. Yeah. Thrilling, right? Yeah. How about anybody love it when they find uh, their name is Genesis? Ah! Genesis is the babies, yeah. Holy smoking coals from the altar of God. Lord, increase my faith, yeah. Um, I can't think of anything. Just wondering if you could think of anything that's good and spiritual and healthy and right that our body is just super excited. Sign me up on that clipboard right now, yeah. Not, okay. So we can't discount ourselves. <laughs> Let's not read these scriptures going, that's the them. We still don't know who them are, but we're not amongst them. <laughs> no, it's us, right? Okay, how do we respond? Right and wrong responses. Anybody remember the story of uh, Eli and Samuel in 1 Samuel 3? Remember, uh, Samuel was dedicated by his mother for the gift of receiving a child. She had many children after that, but he was the firstborn, and she dedicated him the temple, and Eli was uh, raising him. But the light had gone out in the priesthood, and Eli was no longer functioning in, in even the fullness or the littleness of that role. God was not talking. He was very displeased. But uh, God spoke to Samuel one night while he was sleeping when he was a little boy, and he thought it was uh, Eli, the priest. And he got up and ran into Eli's room, and he said, yeah. 
yeah, yes, Eli, you called me. He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so this happens a second time. It happens a third time. And the third time, Eli recognizes what he should have recognized the first time because he knew he didn't call me, but he is so far removed from God at this point in his life that it didn't occur to him that God was, was talking to Samuel. He said, Samuel, that's not me. It's, it's God. Go back to bed and say, God, I'm listening. So Eli was instructing Samuel on the correct response when God talks to us. So is God talking to us? So the only correct response is, yes, Lord, I'm listening. I'll do that. Not, well, I think I'll pray about that. I think I'll process it. I think I'll take a Facebook opinion poll and see what five or six other people, 100 people think about that. And then the window has passed on that. So uh, there is a right response and a wrong response. The same with God. God may speak to you, but if you give him any old response like your mama, is he going to continue talking? One time, and I think I've shared this story before, a few years ago, uh, when the Lord was talking to me about something, he talks to everybody at different times and the way he knows how to get your attention. And he said something to me, and I was going off to sleep, and I didn't write it down. And he very sternly, because I'm a very just D personality, and so I, like, I prefer you just get to the point. I don't need anything put in marshmallow cream. And so God talks to me in a way that, that I appreciate too. And he said... Um, you're dishonorable and disrespectful because you didn't write down what I say. And until you write down what I say, I'm not going to say anything else to you. Do you think I jumped out of bed? Yeah. And wrote that down? Yeah. And so people were like, why do you have pen and paper everywhere? Like you're a nerd. Yes, I am. I have it everywhere because I want God to talk to me. And then he only said, uh, I remember in 2014, and I wrote down something at Christmas for pastor. He gave me one line of it. And I was like, oh, that's really good. And I wrote that down. And then uh, he gave me no more. And he talked to me about that. He said, at this point in your life, I will not give you all of it all at once because that's juvenile for you. You're at a level of maturity. I expect you to press for the rest. I was like, oh, super. Who much is given, much is required. And didn't we read in the prophecy, it's time to grow up and stop needing our diapers changed and help with the real baby. Stop being a baby and sucking on the bottle after 20 years. So the Lord will instruct you real quick. This will mature you. So what you, yes, sir. Thank you, sir, for helping my form. And let's just get on with it. Aren't we glad that he cares enough to tell us the little adjustments we can make so we can make forward progress instead of being upset and being offended like we are with each other for that? Yeah. Hey, if you would just floss, you could get a date. (gasps) I can't believe they said that. I can't believe no one else loves you enough to tell you. You ought to kiss that person, just not on the mouth for telling you the truth, risking your anger to tell you the truth when everybody else loved themselves more than you. That was for free. Okay, so uh, services are where we practice. Pastor told me to be nice. I'm sorry, we can edit that. Uh, (laughs) Services are where we practice for our personal life. So when we come in here, it's easy to learn how to respond to the word and the spirit because pastor's a really great teacher. In other words, if you don't know what to do, play Simon Says. Oh, is pastor raising his hand? Okay, it's time to raise our hand. Uh, sitting here with our hands in our pockets and looking down, or just even observing, would not be the right response. Simon says, if he's dancing, then we're, oh, okay, it must be time to dance. If he's praying in tongues, it must be time to pray in tongues. 
follow the leader. How many of you played Simon Says? Yeah. So whatever the leader's doing, if you're not sure, just if, I, I don't know if I'm out of order, just follow the leader. Whatever they're doing, that's the order. The Holy Ghost has a flow and an order to each service. It's not always the same order. They have similarities to what he's going to accomplish uh, corporately. But there, it's not exactly the same, so you, you can't come in here knowing. You can't come in this church knowing because <laughs> something different is going to happen all the time or something different is going to happen to somebody else. So this is how we practice in our personal life that goes out, to, like Michelle said, in, on the mission field. or When we're out in a week, we're like, okay, this is how I respond. Now when I'm out in, in the store, I'll know the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And yes, it was uncomfortable in service. I didn't want to roll around on the floor or laugh because and, and everybody's looking at me. And so you've learned to get over your uncomfortability. Your uncomfortability is in your mind and it's in your body. It's not your personality. People try to say it's your personality, but you can't because I'm here. Because if anybody could say that, it's, it's an introvert. Or that's not my personality. Clearly, it has nothing to do with personality because the Holy Spirit doesn't, ha- doesn't conform to your personality. Now, when he flows through you, he has parts of your personality. It's the same as the faucet. Any water coming out of the faucet is going to have the residue of what's in those pipes, is it? So as he flows through each of us individually, it has a slightly different look and a feel to it because it picks up part of our personality. But our response to the Holy Ghost is not dictated by our personality. It's dictated by our obedience and our maturity, whether we're comfortable or not. And some people are always responding because they're like, hey, that looks like fun. But they may not like responding to different parts of a service. So when we come in here, and the very first thing that usually goes on in here is worship. That's not a disconnect from the service. It's not the prelude to let everybody get in here and get their seats that got out of bed late, that got stuck in traffic. We don't sing because we have 30 minutes to kill. Yeah, it's, it's actually making the walls come down. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is present. So when you miss worship, sometimes you miss more than you missed anything else because it, was, it has more power sometimes than the, even the engrafted word, to, especially in a corporate worship setting. So what would be the correct response to the word and the spirit during worship? If we're singing, should we sing? Yeah, and we can't say we don't know the words because they're on the screen. So if they clap up here, you clap. Now, I have to wait till they clap, and hopefully no one claps wrongly next to me because I'll be all over the place. I'm being like, what are we doing, you know? Are we on the one, three, or the two, four? I don't even know if that's the right thing. And so I have to wait for them. And when they clap, I can clap. When they stop, I can't continue unless someone else is on beat near me and I can hear them. So, but again, it's follow the leader. If it's time to sing, if it's time to clap, clap. if pastor says, let's give a shout, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Everybody yelled at the football game. I heard you from your recliner. But yet when he says, let's give God a shout, hallelujah, pray in tongues. Like, okay, really? Because we were at the football game Friday night or even at the movie, you were yelling at the screen. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Did you have Fox News? Oh, yeah. But we all of a sudden like get real quiet in here. That's an improper response. Yeah, that means all that, that should tell you, you're very comfortable in your flesh and you're not comfortable in your spirit because this is where we should be completely comfortable. And with pastor says like this, loud, then we laugh. Soft, it is soft. So however tone or whatever method, we want to immediately respond to that. So what, what would be some other responses, uh, proper responses during a worship service? Raising our hands, uh, lifting up holy hands. Uh, would kneeling maybe be a response? 
bowing in reverence, prostrating yourself is all fine, and kneeling. These are all correct responses. Is this a correct response? (sighs) Yeah, arm on the back of the chair, gripping it. I can't wait till this is over. Sitting in the hospitality room, making five bathroom trips. Yeah, y'all didn't know I had eyes in the back of my head. What mama and pastor's wife doesn't have eyeballs all the way around their head? I'm feeling you, yeah. Um, All that going on. That, That door has more swing than any saloon. So, uh, offerings. There would be a right response and a wrong response during the offering time. When we have the opportunity to give, would a right response be to give? Yeah. So, what if you only have a dime in your purse? What if you already paid, you know, gave your tithe? You're like, well, I gave it all this morning. Well, borrow something from somebody next to you. That would be the right response. So, not sit there observing, but to participate. Would a right response be, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity one more time? Would it be talking to the Lord over it, worshipful, uh, mixing faith with it, not just waiting for the song and hoping nobody notices you don't put anything in the bucket or putting your hand into the bucket, or putting in a, how about this one for the accounting department team of six, putting in an empty envelope? Yeah, and so I, I just, I say this, let's not fake God out. Because nobody's, nobody's faking anybody out, but you faking you out. I always say, nobody lies to you like you believe your lies. And, and um, Anyway, so those would, there would be right responses and wrong responses to that. And so let's just do everything from the heart. Let's look for where we can participate. Because we don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost by just sitting there. Uh, whether we're just grinding our feet or crossing our arms or just enduring it or thinking about oh, you know, I'm, I, how many times do we have to hear Malachi 3.10 from pastor until we do it? <laughs> Aren't you grateful for repetition? Because how many times did your mama have to tell you how to brush your teeth? Yeah. Aren't you grateful for repetition? Paul said it's not troublesome to him to repeat himself. So I say the same thing Paul said. I don't mind repeating myself. Yeah, you might mind listening to it. Um, what would be the right response when there's teaching and preaching going on? eating it. Yeah. And so uh, we've talked about this before. So when we go up to the dinner table, the burger, the pizza, the steak, whatever's really yummy on the plate, how did it get in you? You had to open your mouth. No food hopefully went in through your nose, through your ears, through, through your toes or some other orifice in your body. Um, and so you had to open your mouth. So spiritually, when food is being served, the word is being served, if you're just sitting there Or even if you go, it was just so good. I was just so gobsmacked. Wasn't that good because you didn't get any of it. Yeah. You got to open your mouth. And I don't mean drown out the preacher or annoy the person next to you. You know, don't overdo it. We can learn forms and become good at it without having our heart connected to it. So I'm not talking about doing something without heart. But if we're like, that's good. Amen. That's mine. I'll see that. I'll take that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that correction. I'll make that adjustment answer it. The more you talk to what's coming, that's why I always have you stand and I always have you say something so that you have a better chance of it getting down in you and your fruit remaining. Because if you don't answer it, you say nothing. You're like, oh, that was really good. You will not even remember it at lunch. Yeah. So you have to talk to that thing. And then when you go to lunch or you go to dinner, you go home, you need to mutter it to yourself on the way home in the car, or like even tonight, washing your face and getting your PJs on. Get that thing down in you. Work that thing down in you. 
And listen to the podcast. The podcast comes out. You guys do it Tuesday night, so it's up by Wednesday morning. That means Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on your way to work. You can hear it again. And believe me, you'll hear a bunch of you'll think, was I even there? Because what you hear is so different than when you hear the first time. So when you come back Sunday, you're not empty, you're full. But you're not just full, you're ready to pull on pastor. So you're not like, oh, what did he say last week? And he's starting over every Sunday, pumping up your bicycle tire. And we're like, he's going over that again. Right, because you just let yourself deflate. But we don't have to come like that. So we have to come learn how to come full because we're going to be the people that the Lord told Brother Copeland that we're going to grow up and help with the babies, right? So we're going to learn how to eat, get it in us, and come full, ready to give. And when we come with our faith, that's how we receive more. So what would be a um, proper response and some improper responses in a prayer line or a healing line? So when you come up in a prayer line, a lot of people don't know that. If, you're, if you've come up in the prayer line and you're praying in tongues, God's not going to talk to you because he's a perfect gentleman. He needs you to be quiet. So when we tell people don't pray in tongues, they get, sometimes they get offended. Never be offended at instruction that's going to make you go forward, to help you receive more. Because that person giving it cared enough to say, hey, darling, don't pray in tongues. Like, don't come up in the prayer line and chew gum. How irreverent is that? you know, or, or sucking on a gob stopper, stick it under your chair or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> April and Jeff are like, no, don't do that. Um, I'd rather you do that than come up in, in the prayer line. Um, and so, and also close your eyes. Don't look at the person like, what you got for me? Hit me with your best shot. You're like, look there. Don't look here. <laughs> Jesus, close your eyes. Concentrate. Thank you. You've come to receive. So you get your eyes on Jesus. Come with a reverence. Come ready to receive. You do not need to come forward in a prayer line and make sure that you need to explain to pastor everything that you're up there for. And it's the, the, the short version of war and peace. Yeah, mostly war and very little peace in your life. Um, he doesn't need to know anything to pray for you. It's the less he knows, the better. So if he stops you, don't be offended because he wants to hear from the Holy Ghost. And all that information is just clogging up the pipes. People think, I need to tell him before he prays, I need to know that if I've got five symptoms because he might just pray for one. He doesn't need to know one. And the less he knows, the better. The Holy Ghost knows everything about you and everything that you need. And too, when you're, you start talking to the man, the human, now they're like, geez, you're in a bad way. I just don't know if I have enough faith for that. <laughs> You're actually, you're like, wow, yeah, that is a big one for God. Yeah, you're dealing with the, you're, not, you're forgetting to strike the mantle, and now you're, you're, you're causing the man a hardship. Yeah, so you, you want to come to strike the mantle. He's just the vessel. It doesn't matter who's up here ministering. Uh, but what if you're not up here, you're sitting in the congregation? What would be a right responses and wrong responses? Would a right response be to start checking your Facebook messages? Yeah. Would a right response be to touch your phone at all? Yeah. So what if you were standing up here? What would you want the rest of you all to do? Yeah. And so is that what we're doing, though? Yeah, a couple of you. Yeah, and some of the time. We get really tired or just like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens or let me hear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, you want to pray in tongues because you don't know what they need. One of the things that you'll watch me do is I generally try to have my eyes closed as much as possible. One thing is I, I want people to not feel they're being looked at. 
I want to have common, common courtesy. I realize it's not uncommon, but some common courtesy. If I have my eyes open, which don't look at me for that example, I'm watching pastor for what he has need of. That's a different looking than everybody else just looking. So don't, you can't always, and I'm just being straightforward, you can't always just look at me for the exact right example of what to do. Just ask me later, I'll tell you. No, that was my job there, but you would have a different job. And so you would be praying. And so a lot of times you'll see me worshiping. When the healer, Jesus the healer is moving and the Holy Ghost up here, I'm going to worship. When you stop worshiping, he stops moving. So if it were you up there, you wouldn't want everybody to be tired by the, by the part, end of the line when we started down here. And you were down here and we all kind of got tired. We all thought we needed to use the bathroom, uh, jerk a knot in our kids, check our Facebook messages, or just we have to get up and go to work so we'll just leave early in the middle of when you're trying to receive from heaven for healing in your body. Yeah, or you have a financial need. So how would we want people in the congregation behind us to act when we were the ones up here? So is there a right response and a wrong response? Yeah, in both the prayer line and the congregation. Is this helping you? Yeah, so we want to be farther ahead when pastor comes home, right? How about uh, what, what would be a right response when dancing, tongues, or any other manifestations of the Spirit? What if uh, people start laughing in the Holy Ghost and joys bubbling up out of their belly? Join in. Yeah, maybe you feel like, well, I don't know if that's God or me. I hope it's you and not someone else because then we have another issue. Okay, God's on the inside of you, but he needs your participation. So the answer is yes, yes, it's God in you. It's never one or the other. Stop asking that question. You're free forever now from ever asking that question. Is it God or it's me? Yes, yes. Uh, So um, if Aiden laughs and you don't laugh, oh my gosh, you're dead. Because that cracks me up. In other words, it's okay that somebody else's laughter primes the pump. Well, that was just me. That was in the natural. At least you got in. Do you need to wait for somebody to shove you? Does heaven need to open and Jacob's ladder descend and he conk you on the head and, and the angels sing you a special lullaby for you? Well, I didn't feel anything. Well, now you're laughing. Awesome. Yeah, it's bubbling up from the inside. What difference does it make if you saw somebody stand on their head? Seriously, I'm not going to crack up at some of the stuff I see up here. I am. I mean, so are you. You're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and the more you hold it in, the worse it explodes. <laughs> How many of you ever got in trouble in class for that? You're like, you know you're not supposed to laugh at the kid who just fell over and face-planted at their desk, but you don't, and then five minutes later explodes, and you get thrown out of the class, and you're not even the one that face-planted in their desk. You just couldn't control yourself. Yeah, so God's not asking you to do that, so enter in. So whatever's going on, you can enter in. And I think we've over-spiritualized these things. Uh, what if pastor is... Um, sharing a a general word that's from the Bible. Maybe it's over a particular person. You heard that they're going to be blessed financially. Do you think you could say, no respecter of persons, I'll take that? Yeah, not not you're going to marry so-and-so in three months. (laughs) That would be maybe specific, and you can't get it. Well, I'd like to get in on that, too, and get married three months. Yeah, you might want to ask the pastor about that. God may be like, you need a, you know, complete makeover first. Um, But if he's speaking in a generality, we can all receive that. But if you're disconnected, I don't mean that we're trying to listen. But when he's flowing, we can receive these things, and that would be a right response that we're still participating. There's not a point in the service where any of us are on break. Oh, that's just them, or that's going on, or that's so-and-so over there doing what they always do, um, because they're always receiving and you're not. 
Yeah, and so it's like, that's not, they come in here to receive at every time, and so that's just their thing. No, that's just their thing to leave full every week, and yours to be a picky eater. Yeah, of not liking something on the plate. So if you can't respond in a corporate setting of faith with where, where you learn that you can almost see the Holy Ghost moving, it's so tangible, how will you ever recognize them, like Michelle said, when you're out there? You won't move because you're so uncomfortable with the things of the spirit and you're far too comfortable with your flesh out there. So this is, we think, I don't want to do that in here. We can always tell who's worshiping at home when we're in church. Uh, We can always tell who's eating the Twinkie and who's eating the salad. I mean, come on. But, uh, and so we can always tell who's coming in to receive because they're practicing it in their personal life. And so they're getting more out of it. So we can't hide anything from each other or God anyway, so we shouldn't try. Everything's going to show up in your spirit, and it's going to show up on the outside. Uh, But you know what? In your personal life during the week, that's when the pressure comes. And that's why we have wrong responses, because we're not taking the time to go, this is a military classroom. We're in company A. We came for training. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, LCU, come with faith. Come to pull on heaven for what God has for the general group and for you specifically. And so when we come with that in mind, that this is boot camp, this is training, this is instruction that we might go out and function. So we don't, we don't pay to go to college and we don't pay for work training just to go, oh, that was nice. We thought it was worthy of our time and our dollars to invest so that we could go out and actually use it and apply it. But we're not coming in here even with more eagerness. Why? It's because maybe we didn't feel like we had to pay for it, so we don't value it. People don't value what they don't pay for. But where your money is, there your heart is. So the people that are tithing and giving offerings and giving as much, their heart's there, so they get something out of it all the time. Is this okay? Is this just two rubber meets the road for you? It is Sunday night, right? Okay. So it's training. It's where you exercise out there what, how you learned how to take the victory by watching how it worked in here, by receiving that and getting filled up and going out there or watching somebody else received and then it was your turn. Not a flow of the body or soul, right? Not a personality. It's a flow of our recreated spirit, man. The flow of a service is not dependent on God or the minister ministering. The flow of the service, even tonight's service, is dependent exclusively on you. Because the ministers in this will come ready. They come full, they come ready. But how much comes out of them is how much of the tap, tap you turned on. Did you turn it on low? Did you turn it all the way up? Did you turn both all the way up? And give me all you got. Yeah. If you came to drain me dry, then you will. I better leave drain dry or you missed out because I, I didn't get any of this for me and I don't need to go home with any of it. I'm just being real. So when we come in here, anytime, Sunday morning, Sunday night, next Sunday night we have a guest minister, you better drain her dry because she's got a lot of stuff. And what you get out of every service, what you get out of school, is exclusively dependent on you. You bring Mo and Joe. Bring Joe and bring some Mo. A genuine move of the Holy Spirit does not repel people. It draws them. Your flesh might be jumping. Oh, I don't like that. That's just so awkward. Uh, but your spirit, man, knows it's God. Pastor tells the story often of him being thrown out of the pew, March, second week of March, 1993, 10 o'clock at night on a Monday night. Yeah, I was there, so I do know the story by heart. I just have details that he usually leaves out. 
So uh, all this is going on in this service, and my flesh was very uncomfortable with it. I thought I have never seen such rudeness in all my life. I mean, my mother would have belted me, thrown me, I don't know what, run me over with the car. I'm just saying, if I'd have acted like that, wouldn't have even occurred to me to be laughing so loud they were draining out Dr. Wright. I couldn't even hear him preach, which then I was mad about that because I did want to hear what the man had to say. It's like, good Lord. And so all this is going on, and, and I am not enjoying it at all. Pastor's thinking, this is really cool because this is not church as normal. And I'm thinking, this is horrible. This is rude. I can't hear anything he's saying. I don't know what these people are doing. But on the inside of me, I still knew it was God, and I still wanted it. Because when he got thrown out of the aisle, I was really glad that wasn't me, though. I didn't want to participate in that because, see, I was a picky eater then, too. And now I'm like, if it's necessary, it's necessary. And it's necessary only when it's necessary. And sometimes it's necessary. So God, whatever you say, <laughs> that's what we're doing. And he'll, he'll sometimes do stuff just because you think it's not necessary. So I try like, I don't have that thought, you know, it's not necessary. Um, and so I, when he was thrown out of the aisle and the camera decided to find us, I literally did sink down in my pew like, oh my God, I cannot believe he's always embarrassing me. And so he is rolling. I can't even see him anymore. And the boys are leaning over. And then uh, on the way home, though, you know, he was laughing in the car, and that really irritated me. I did punch him in the arm. And uh, I said, you can control that, you know. See, I had, I had some really correct theology, but it was all twisted in its application. <laughs> this is pre-Bible school. That's why you need to go to Bible school. God will sort that out. And so, but I was mad that I didn't get to laugh. I was mad at them for laughing. But then I didn't get to laugh, and I love to laugh. And so I was just mad at, at everything. Anybody ever been there besides me? You're, you're mad because you got some. You're mad because you didn't get some. There's no making you happy because you're a miserable person. And so um, it was six months later when we were in the middle of a church service, and the pastor's wife was sitting there, and I was in the second row because we served, as he told you, everything. So we just sat behind them, and it was very quiet, and he was in the middle of his sermon, and I had a dress on. This is before we learned to wear pants more often because we had to hop over lots of bodies, and so skirts weren't really conducive to a lot of revival. And so I was sitting there, and it just started bubbling up, like the time I got thrown out of class for laughing at the person that face-planted at their desk. It was like that, and you're like, oh, my God, and you're trying to stop it, and, you know, then it, it's building up like the tea kettle. And it just exploded out of me, and why, when it did, um, I was mortified. I mean, I, it was God. There was no stopping it, but I was the only one, seriously, and then I was on the floor. So I fell out of my chair. If you're laughing really good, you're probably not going to be able to hold your seat. And so my nose was running, and I just remember hearing him say, that's God. If it wasn't God, I'd stop it, but that's God. But after all, my, your natural senses are still intact. And so you, you are in control. You could, I could have turned that off. I mean, no, God, I don't want any of that. But I would have picked me over him. And every time we do that, we fail. And so, yes, it, I was mortified. It was embarrassing. And naturally, when I recovered, my self-service was over. I immediately made a beeline. I'm so sorry. Interrupted the message. You know, and this is many, many, many years ago. So you, the Holy Ghost does not repel people. So just because somebody gets up and leave and they're not comfortable, they weren't repelled. So it, your flesh gets repelled and you'll have to deal with that. So uh, if you want more of God, you're going to have to dominate your body and your mind. And you're going to have to take dominion over it. If you're going to move with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to let your spirit man dominate those things. And it's not always uh, fun. It's not always a bag of chips. 
it grieves the Holy Ghost when he's not responded to. Do you get your feelings hurt or do you feel rejected when people don't respond to you? When you're being funny and you're telling a story and they just look at you like you're stupid. Yeah, you, you feel rejection or they want to, uh, you, you want to do something and you're not getting anybody on your team. So we can feel rejection a lot of ways. The Holy Ghost, when he initiates and we're like, I ain't doing that. He's rejected and he's grieved and he leaves. You're talking about the mighty Holy Ghost. The one that Jesus talked about when he said the water pots, fill them with water, which meant the washing of the water of the word Jesus. But then I'm going to turn them into wine. And that's, that was the mighty Holy Ghost to come. And we've made that about drinking. It's okay to drink because Jesus from water and wine. That's almost blasphemy. That's about the mighty Holy Ghost who was coming in Acts to fill you, who would be your helper on the earth, who turned Peter into somebody that denied Christ, who days later says, you crucified the Lord of glory and preaches and 3,000 people got saved. That's that person on the inside of us. Don't grieve him by telling him, no, I don't want to pray for somebody because it feels awkward. And then we figure out why we feel so condemned because he goes away. Just like you would if somebody rejected you. We just go away. So we don't want him to go away. We need him. We want him to be delighted. Um, is, is there anybody that you want to hang out with you besides the Holy Ghost? Come on. Everybody's expendable, right? If you had to pick between your best friend and the Holy Ghost, maybe that's an honest question. Which would you prefer? Who's closer to you? Who would you like to be closer to you? You're going to have to move with him. He wants you to do that. So you can't pick and choose the parts in your Christian life or the parts in a service. This is not Fred's Buffet and the Froyo yogurt line. Those are times that we can choose. Well, I have a little of this. I have a little of that. I'll have M&Ms. I have chocolate sauce. I don't like gummy bears. You know, you can pick and choose. Spiritual things, the word in a church service, we don't get to pick and choose. Oh, I think I'll just sit here. I'll skip Sunday nights. I'm more comfortable with teaching. I'll do Sunday mornings. Or I don't really like the word. It kind of bores me. Pastor Marie's always telling me everything I'm not doing that I need to start doing. It's very depressing. And I'm just tired thinking about going to her services. So I'm going to wait for Sunday night because she did say sugar's coming and I like sugar. I eat dessert first. Yeah. Well, sugar is on his way to Burma. And mama is home. And my mama didn't let me have sugar, and I don't let you have any sugar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you guys. So can you become skillful? And then you can bring that flow to your personal life. So how you become skillful is not being a picky eater in here, going, I don't like that. I'm not comfortable, so I'll just sit in the back row, or I'll just, I'll just sit this one out and watch. Then when it comes to your personal life, you're not skillful. And there are things that we want to respond to and we find ourselves not doing and we feel bad. We feel diminished. Our lives is not going in the direction we want. And then the people that we could have touched, their lives don't go in the direction that they could have because we were not skillful. We had not become comfortable and skillful in those things. Anybody ever had a really bad haircut? Okay. The same people that had a bad one. Have you ever had a good one? Was there a difference in skill? Same pair of scissors probably. Maybe same method, a haircut's a haircut's a haircut, and we all use very similar blades. But the difference in the skill level between the people, can we have a different skill level this week than we have right now in the Holy Ghost? Yeah, but there, are there things to do? 
to become more skillful at those things. So and any one of you at your job or if you love cooking or maybe you love golf or anything you love, do you do things to become more skillful at what you enjoy? So we have to just choose. We love it all. A whole buffet, God. We're not going to be picky eaters. We're going to love it all so that we become skillful at all of it. We don't want to go, I'm just really skillful in tongues. Well, what if somebody needs the word of knowledge? Well, I hadn't practiced that one because I don't really like that. That's kind of scary. I always like to do the tongues part. How come pastor always makes me do the interpretation part? Story of my life. I'm like, how come I never get to do the tongues? No one knows if you're wrong. <laughs> always sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not picking and choosing. Let me just give you a tongue and stick the mic in your face. That. We're all going to know if, that, if Ichabod has been written on the door and the glory has departed. We're like, I don't know everything about the word, but I don't know if that sounded like Jesus or not. <laughs> so you can become skillful at responding. Um, what are the results of responding? The reason we don't receive more in a service is because you don't respond more. So your response is proportionate to your receiving. The restaurant has appetizers, it has uh, dinner entrees, it has desserts. But how much you partake is up to you. Well, I don't think I'll have an appetizer tonight, I'll just have uh, an entree and no, I don't want any dessert. So when you come into a service, the good news is it's fat-free and calorie-free. And it's all you can eat. And no, you'll never be full because the Bible says for you to be being filled. And if you think, wow, I'm full, five minutes later, trust me, you've got a leak. Yeah, and you leaketh outeth. And so we can be being filled. How many of you, five minutes down the road, somebody cuts you off in traffic, you had a leak? You're like, I've got to believe God not to think that, un, that was uncharitable. That was an uncharitable thought, Lord. I'm sorry. These <laughs> oh, license at Cracker Jack Boxers at Sam's Club. Yeah, the gallon size. So we can be full of the Holy Ghost and in a New York minute <laughs> be leaking out or be empty. So I don't know if you guys can get in the flesh as fast as me, but it's, it is a New York minute. Okay, so be being filled, my point. Uh, so don't get in the rut of your preference. It'll cost you. Moses was very comfortable at some point with the rod. Because remember, when God told him about the rod, he was not comfortable using it. But when he began to exercise that rod and threw it down and turned into a snake, which actually means reptile, which means crocodile. The Nile was full of crocodiles. So his crocodile was bigger and it ate their little crocodiles. And so he became very skillful with this rod. And Aaron later became skillful with it, where his rod... Uh, bloomed or blossomed with uh, almond blossoms. And so this is why almond milk is so popular today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My mind sometimes says trippy things. And so, um, but Moses got comfortable. By the time he was in the wilderness and God told him to speak to the rock, he picked up that comfort zone and he hit that rock. And what happened to Moses? Because he got comfortable and stuck in a rut of his preference. It cost him the promised land. It cost him. God's like, I told you to talk to that. Because why? That was a type and shadow of everything we talked about this morning. That you were to learn how to move everything with your mouth. And he said, on top of that, you struck at Christ twice. And that's the rock of Christ. And you crucified the Lord of glory twice. And that's not acceptable. You only crucified. So we think, well, that was such a little thing. It was very serious to God. So what we think are little foxes are very serious. Sometimes the things we think are big are not so big to God. So uh, God was trying to take Moses into a higher flow. So God's taken, trying to take you into higher flow in your life, and you're staying with the rut of your comfort zone of your personal preference. Well, that's just me. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's just kind of my thing. You know, I kind of flow with that, or that's my ministry. Whatever by words you're using to self-comfort, you want to just dismiss those. Yeah, and say, if God likes it, I like it. I like it all, because God likes it all. 
Um, how about when people get in, the, get in the rut of their preference for uh, things they want to do in the church? Well, I like that. I don't like that. How about uh, things that uh, even jobs or maybe marriage? You're in a rut of a preference of your spouse. I didn't marry my type and neither did he. Turned out okay, though. Be careful of getting in the rut of your personal preference on anything that God is, can do better than you or think of better than you. He knows better. You, you're allowed to have a personal preference about a lipstick or the color of a sports car you guys want, but anything pretty much beyond that, um, let God choose. God moving in your life Monday through Saturday is dependent on how much you respond to him Sunday in the service because what you responded to got in you, and that's the flow of your week. So if you weren't even here, you weren't even present and you weren't both service or you were just tired and you were kind of checked out, the flow of your week doesn't go so well. How many of you have noticed that so far? Yeah. It'd be like you saying, hey, I've got a half marathon on Friday, uh, but I'll fast Monday through Thursday. <laughs> how do you think, how, how well do you think that would work for you? No, that would be carb loading time. So how many of you feel like we're in an hour where every Monday you, you should have loaded on carbs on Sunday? Yeah, you loaded up an energy because every week you're running a half marathon out there in the world. Darkness is getting darker. So the light is getting brighter on the inside of you, but not if you're running on fumes. How is it that we pray for a move of a spirit and then when he moves, we don't respond? Oh, well, we didn't mean that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, scratch that, God. Let's see. We'll be more specific in our praying and go, we want you to move this way at this time because we like this. Yeah. Um, if we are to pray for a move of the spirit, we sing songs about that and then we don't respond did it do any good to pray at all? No. If, you, if you're asking God to move, he's always moving. He's actually asking you, I need you to respond to my move. In other words, I dare you to move. You move towards me. I'm always, God is always moving towards you. And you're either responding by moving towards him or rejecting him. So we don't actually need to pray. Is it scriptural in the New Testament for you to pray for God to move? Yeah, I challenge you if you can find one that says you're just waiting on God to move. He's always moving. When he said, let there be light, it's never stopped creating. He's never stopped creating. He's never stopped moving in your life. He's moving when you're sleeping. He's just waiting for you to do a little move it, move it, move it. Yeah, and stop doing the processing, praying about it thing. Response is an act of faith. Are you going to have to take a leap into the unknown to respond to the Holy Spirit? Everything that's new to you that you think you maybe don't like or that's uncomfortable, uh, that simply right then tells you, I'll just have to move anyway. See what happens. If you do not feel like you're free falling, you're not doing it right. So when, when dad said he always takes the saw with him, yeah, when we go out on a limb, take your own saw, get it over with, because it's going to get sawed off. It's better for you just to expedite the process. Saw it off. Because in, oh, I don't like that feeling. Nobody does. Nobody said you had to like it, though. Who told you you had to like it? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. There's a space when Indy had to leap, and there was a space when both feet were off before he hit. When he hit, he was like, oh, like, thank God. But he had no guarantee that he was going to hit that bridge. That's what a leap of faith from the lion's mouth feels like. If you need to know that, then watch that little YouTube clip and go, oh, okay, okay. I've rehearsed it many, many times. That movie, I'm not recommending the movie. It just has a lot of good little clips that go, that's what a leap of faith looks like, and that's what it feels like. If it doesn't feel like that, then you're not leaping a leap of faith. That means it's unknown. It's going to be uncomfortable. You've never been there before. If you've been there before and it's comfortable, there's no faith required. 
just obedience. We can obey to that. But there's no faith because it's not the unknown. And faith is what pleases God. Today's excellence, today's response is tomorrow's mediocrity and lack of response. So I, well, I moved yesterday. Did you brush your teeth today? You brushed it yesterday. What'd you do that for? That was a waste of time. Yeah, so we moved with God yesterday. Awesome. But he's, he's got new mercies every morning, new moves, new actions. He wants to take you farther. God is not looking for any one day that we can just coast. There's no such thing as coasting and maintenance. You're either front sliding or you're backsliding. So if you did not take a step forward that day, you took a step back, maybe two steps back. That's scriptural. So is it, do you ever feel like, I just want to rest and stop changing and growing? Uh-huh, I do. Do I have to read another book? Do I have to actually learn? Can somebody else read? Can somebody else do their thinking for themselves? Yeah. Um, Can somebody else sign up for that? Yeah, can I just have a little sabbatical, God, from change? I feel like your thumb is on always, and I can't even catch my breath. And God's like, are you done? Okay, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. You're like, did you just listen to what you just said? (laughs) Yeah, you want to take a break from change and from growing. Wow, so everybody will just love you more, right? Yes, they love me just the way I am. No, that was God, not people. (laughs) But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. After a time, you step over into a flow of understanding, and it and becomes easier uh, for you. But a lack of response after we've been taught, like that means after tonight, is a lack of faith. But this, these responding to the Holy Ghost, yeah, you're like, stink, I should have stayed home. Um, but aren't you glad you know? Because what we know, that means we can go forward. And we all, do we all want to go forward in our lives? Yeah. And so responding to the Spirit. Again, we're practicing here so that it becomes very normal in our personal lives. So when we respond to all the flows in the service, God is able to get to you all he has for you. If you just respond to one or two things you like, he can't get all the things to you that you need. And then you're going home and you're praying about the very thing that he was already going to give to you. But you didn't respond. Because I don't like fried okra, I only like boiled okra. So God, you didn't serve it up right. I don't like it through that personality. I like it through this other personality. If you say it through them, I'll hear you. Yeah, that's what we do. I don't like okra in any fashion. Good grief, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a thought, yeah, that's disgusting. I think that's, a, that's from the fall. Yeah, I think that happened like prickers, and I don't, I don't know what happened there, but that couldn't have been. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Um, you have to decide that response is just you. I'm a responder. I'm a first responder. Was Peter a first responder? Always. But here's the great thing about Peter. Did he do it wrong sometimes? But God would rather you step out in faith in an attempt to obey God. It will not go unrewarded. Peter sometimes just open mouth like the rest of us to change feet. Yeah. But because he was a first responder, he got to preach the first message. Yeah. So God will reward your first response. You're saying, Jesus, I might tear it up, but I'm just going to bust out there. Um, how are you going to learn? You didn't learn how to ride your bike by watching somebody else do it. Anybody ever learn something by doing it wrong? Thank God for Thomas Edison. How many times did the light bulb not work? Yeah, and here we have it today. So you're going to, in your attempt to move out and move with the Spirit, are you going to maybe fall short? 
Maybe achieve part of it, but at least you achieve part of it. Maybe you didn't achieve 100% of it. Are you going to have to practice these things to become skillful? They're just not automatic. Oh, we gave that tongue perfectly, and it's the first time you've ever given and said, said anything in public. No, it's not going to happen. But, but pastor and authority and leadership and your team and your family is there to pick it up. And so you don't have to do everything right. You don't have to do everything perfectly. Just do your part. It's, it's being a part, doing your part. But how fun is it to have people over? You went to the store. You bought all the food. You cooked all the food. And they get up and say thank you and don't help with the dishes. How fun is it for people to be around and not do their part? The 80-20 rule has now become the 90-10. It's 10% of the people doing 90% of the work and 90% of the people doing 10% of the work. Yeah, how not fun is that? So what if we all just do our part? Yeah, and whatever part that we didn't get, somebody else will just pick that up and do it. That's what a family, that's what a team, that's what the body of Christ is all about. He's the head. He'll fix anything in the body. It won't be negligent, but just do your part. Don't sit there and just go, well, I don't know if I'll do it right. So then we're all sitting there, well, thanks a lot. Nice effort. No, it wasn't a nice effort. You didn't make an effort at all. So such thing as try. There's only do. Just, just do it. It, it. I'll try is not the same as doing and doing it halfway. Just do it, and if it's broken and you do it wrong, it's okay. But do it. Don't sit there and try. Trying is lying. There's no such thing as I'll try. Don't even. Go home. Yeah. Get off the bench. Get in your car and drive away. Bye-bye. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah. So show up and show out and just do. And if you, if you strike out and you run to first base and you get out at second, you, you did it. Did you bring a home run? No, but you just did it. Does everybody love that person? Oh, that was so awesome. You so were out there. You know, you gave it all. We're cheering on the person that's just given it all, even if it's all wrong and we lost. We're just like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. That was just so great that you slid into first base and ripped your nose off. You know, gave it their all. So cool. And they're like our hero. We gave them a trophy. Our team lost. No, we didn't. It was awesome. Yeah. So God's cheering you on and we're cheering you on. So don't respond to healing and not joy. Don't respond to worship and then not to teaching. So we're going to respond. You can't compartmentalize aspects of the Holy Spirit. He's the same person taking you into each one of those things so he can get real. That's like saying, I want the salary but not the job. Do you know people show up to work every day at your workplace thinking that? I'll take the salary but not the job. Oh, I clocked in. You mean you weren't going to celebrate my presence? No. We weren't celebrating your presence. In fact, we will celebrate when you leave. Here's your pink, pink slip, and here's your cardboard box, and James will escort you to the door. And so that's like also saying, I want somebody's body, but I don't want their soul. That's also like saying, I'll take the brownie, but not the calories. Get real, people. <laughs> You're like, I want a little of this, but not that. He's the same person. You're not going to be able to compartment, penalize, and pick and, pick and choose that. Yeah. Aspects of the Holy Ghost. He's the whole flow. You're going to reach your highest level of receiving when you reach your highest level of responding. The same faith that you use to respond in a service is the same faith you use tomorrow in your personal life to respond to the supernatural. That's the proper response. Yeah, responding. God will be able to trust you with his unknown because you proved yourself trustworthy with his known will. People are like, well, I want to know the unknown will of God for my life. Like, where should I go? Where should I move? What's my ministry and who am I going to marry? He won't trust you with that because you don't do the known will of God. 
Do we tithe? Do we go to church? Do we soul in? Do we do the, all the not fun known things? Now, I can say this because my mother-in-law's moved to heaven, and she loves me unconditionally now. <laughs> and we'll have great chats about this. But one time we sat down at, at IHOP many moons ago, and she said, uh, you know, lo- lovingly, uh, I want to know the, God's will for my life. And I had to very lovingly say, Mom, God hasn't told you that because you won't do the known will of God. You don't do the things in the Bible because she's the one that raised those kids in church and put them in private school, so she knew. I said, you have to do the known will of God. You always want C, but you won't do A and B. And you, already, you know what A and B is. And so just be honest with yourself and with God. And she's like, yeah, I want God to heal me from smoking, but I don't want to quit smoking. Okay, you know what? I love the fact that we now have honesty between us. You're honest with yourself, with me, with God, because we already knew that. And so did he. Um, and so you're not going to know the unknown will of God. You know why? Because it's not relevant because it's not going to manifest in your life. He doesn't need to tell you because you're on a need-to-know basis. So we're going to do A before we get B. So when we do B, and we've completed B, not like, okay, am I done with B? I'm really bored with B. I don't like B, but I did B. Can I be done? Can I have C? What's C? C has to be better than B, because it's farther in the alphabet. Not necessarily who much is given, much is required. Be careful what you ask for. You may not get it. Yeah. Oh, C's going to Burma. Okay, can we skip C and go to D? Yeah. Being present in a service um, is not enough. The same way showing up at your job is not enough. But some people are so proud of themselves because they made it because it's so hard to even get here now. And we're like, well, well, I'm here. Shouldn't you just celebrate me? Oh, you wanted me to serve? Oh, my gosh, you people are so needy and controlling. No, we wanted you to sow so that you might reap. But no, we, I can greet, pray, prophesy, take up the offering, sing if you want me to, and do everything in between. Yeah. But that's not fun to do it alone, is it? And then you wouldn't get to do anything. You have to participate. You're bringing your response, which is your act of faith. So <laughs> we're practicing responding right now, right? Okay, so we're practicing responding. So if you need your pump prime, get your pump prime with that. Uh, so responding to the things of the Spirit. So when we come in here and we've got class or we've got a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, wherever the Holy Ghost wants to go. See, our pastor doesn't have a personal preference, and we've all figured that out, right? He just only wants what the Holy Ghost wants, because if he could do anything else, he'd do it anyway <laughs> and not even show up. And so he's, he's looking solely for the direction of the Holy Ghost. He will, have no, he will not preach without the anointing, the unction, um, and so he will wait for that. And so when he moves within a direction, we need to look at it as he's not moving. Oh, that's just pastor doing his thing. Well, he might be pump, trying to pump up your bicycle and be a dancing bear and you know that. And when, if you see that, you need to adjust because you're not responding. So he can stop t- doing that, especially after the worship team has already tried for 25 minutes to get you awake and he has to come in here and crank it. That means we did not have a proper, I'm going to tell you all the secrets. That means we did not have a proper response. You can tell when we've had a proper response. Because when he comes in and he starts tapping his foot or he starts worshiping, you got the anointing in here and now he can step in and do his job. When he has to come up and continue on with something, that's because we decided that we were yawning and too tired and we were just going to bring our Joe but no mo, and just wait and see what God was going to do to impress us. And so when we have to uh, do something longer than needs to be or um, repeat something or teach longer, it's because we're trying to plow that ground. 
to get a response. So can we come in here instantaneously and respond no matter what happened in the parking lot, no matter what happened in our week? We can just decide the moment we hit the door. Whatever that is, it's over with, it's done with. Leave the thoughts, leave the feelings, leave the baggage. Dump the junk in the trunk. Yeah, leave it. Slam the trunk down and walk in and go, fresh start, new day. We're going to walk right in and enter the throne room. By faith, the sacrifice of praise. And enter, and I'm not going to sit there and wait until I feel the music. Yeah, that's my song. Ooh, I like that song. Now I'm going to get in there a little bit, more like 25 minutes into it. It's a faith thing. It doesn't matter what note's playing, who's up here, what the beat is, what the beat isn't here, whether you like the song, whether you don't like the song. We've come to worship the king. It doesn't matter what, how it's coming on the table, whether you like the dishes, you don't like the dishes, you like china, you like paper, you liked it fried, you liked it boiled. We're here to eat, we're here to help out, we're here to do the dishes. And so that's when we show up that way. Not only do we receive more, but do you realize that your response hinders or helps everybody sitting next to you? receive. Because the more we pull together on heaven, the more we all have the ability to receive. It's one thing when we're home alone reading the word, and we're in our prayer closet, then your, your infilling is directly proportionate exclusively to your response. It cannot be added to or diminished by someone else in the room. But when you come in the church and you're like, ah, oh, I don't really feel like doing anything, think about the person next to you who may have a need that you don't understand. And you didn't join, do the join up and the hookup to pull down heaven that everybody's needs could be met because we were just thinking about ourselves. Amen. So we're going to learn to respond to the spirit in every move. Amen. So whether it's the word, doesn't matter who it's coming through or what personality or what manifestation of the spirit is or is not happening, uh, follow the leader and, and, and go hook up with whatever the flow is, but we need to do that a lot quicker. And so there's many times that I've been on, uh, like the front row and, uh, there's, I know what the flow is and I can hook up with any part of that. It doesn't mean that I do it every time because there's a lot of us in the room. But there isn't a single service, not one service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, that I can't come in and sing a new song with the band. Not one. Because it's on the inside. Okay? But I don't always do that, not because I'm not participating, but because either the Holy Ghost might have a different direction or somebody else needs to do it for a change. Yeah. And so the Holy Ghost has a flow. But Paul said, come ready. Always. So we all have a gift. But he said, if we have a tongue, remember, we're just going to do it two or three and decently in order. And if there's no one to interpret, no. So there is an order. And I don't mean to have disorder and chaos, but we always come full. We always come ready to participate. And wherever pastor's going, we're going to step out with that. Are we believing for healing? Uh, then then are, we, are we needing to repent? Instead of sitting there going, no, I'm good. Is it, Lord, search me, Holy Spirit. Do I need to go forward repentance? I remember the other service he asked for uh, repentance, and then he had to repeat himself just because he needed to clarify. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that is me, you know, because sometimes your mind, does your mind ever just like go blank? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're dealing with your body, your badunkadunks are tired of sitting, or your feet are tired of standing, and, and you know, the fact that you need cottage cheese on the way home goes across the window screen of your mind <laughs> in the middle of, and you're like, pastor called a prayer line, but what was it? You know, or what scripture was that? Half the time it's because he didn't say it, but the rest of the time, it's because your mind went blank. So do, can we train ourselves? So we're talking about training our minds, self-discipline and self-control, and training our bodies, training our spirits to respond not only faster, but to respond in the fullness of it. And so anybody ever played Simon Says? 
Yeah, and that game can go kind of fast, and, and some people enjoy making it faster because the faster they go, the faster they think they can trip you up because you didn't hear the correct instruction. But we want to be like, Holy Ghost, you can change this river and this flow, turn on a dime, and we're with you because we're in that. That's why we say, you've got to go whitewater rafting. You will understand so much of the word and the spirit if you're in a raft. You're like, oh, yeah, because any second, it's up, it's down, it's over, you're in the boat, you're out of the boat. <laughs> you know, a lot can happen, and you learn to just bend and flex and go with that flow and, and to, to get to the end. You may not like all of it. But that's not the point. The point is survival. We want to get to the end. And we don't want to go down the waterfall. We want to get out of the right place. So we're going to respond better to the Spirit, not just because uh, it helps ourselves. It'll help our individual. This is something that will literally transform your life, I would say, in almost a matter of 60 to 90 days. I dare you to move. Try it. And come tell me. I begin to respond, Pastor Marie, in services Every time, no matter what, whether I liked it, I didn't think about it, I didn't process, I responded. So in my personal life, I did. In 90 days, I will give you 100 bucks if you tell me, my life has not changed. There are things in the Word and the Spirit that can transform you very quickly and other things that will transform you slower over time. That You want to put the pedal to the metal and accelerate, and you need your life to be different, vastly different, and you want it to be, this is the method of getting it vastly different. Because it gets you up over yourself and your opinions and your thought processes and gets you accelerated, which it can take you. That's why we say come on the mission field in nine days. In nine days, it takes us three years to get you to a period of growth, we can get you to a nine days on mission. How many of you would testify to that? And I know because I've had the same people for three years and nine days. So I always say, I saw this much growth in three years and I saw this much on nine days. It's compression. Not so much fun all the time, great under pressure, but again, why do you think they call it a pressure cooker? Because it cooks it faster. <laughs> so if you need or want some breakthrough to accelerate in your life, this is the, the method which you can accelerate uh, something, a very fast, major transformation in your life. Amen? Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.